Hi, this is Steve from Nothing Ventured Nothing Games, and recently Green Ronin Publishing released a second edition version of one of their wildly popular role-playing games, Fantasy Age. Now we had played Fantasy Age first edition uh, earlier on on this channel, somewhere here, uh, maybe on our, on our Twitch stream, and we really, really enjoy the Fantasy Age system. And we heard, when Jared and I heard that Green Ronin Publishing was coming out with a second edition version of Fantasy Age, we were uh, highly excited to see what it was going to be all about. And this is, um, let's start that over. Hi, this is Steve from Nothing Ventured, Nothing Gamed. And recently, Green Ronin Publishing released a second edition version of one of their wildly popular role-playing games, Fantasy Age. Now, we uh, played Fantasy Age first edition a while back, and we really excited, we really enjoyed that system. And we were excited about the new concept of a second edition version and see what had changed and see if it was worth our time, worth your time to get into it, or if it wasn't too different from the first edition. Stay tuned. Now, the Fantasy Age system came out of a culmination of when Green Ronin Publishing created the Dragon Age role-playing game, the TTRPG version of the wildly popular Dragon Age video game. And that came out, Dragon Age RPG came out in 2008, and in 2015, Fantasy Age was born. Well, it was available for sale. Born. You get it. And now... Fast forward to, to now, there are a multitude of versions of the Age system, which stands for Adventure Game Engine. So there's Fantasy Age, there's Modern Age, there's Expanse, which is a kind of sci-fi in, in version of it. And there's a multitude of other, I believe there's also Cthulhu Age or Cthulhu Mythos in there somewhere. And there's a wild amount, uh, there's a variety of different uh, age systems, compatible age systems that Green Ronin publishes and produces. Now, the one, one of the main reasons, there's actually two main reasons. One of the main reasons that we really enjoyed Fantasy Age is that it wasn't as rules heavy as some of the other games we play. A lot of the games we play, like Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder, but they're not the only two games out there, but those systems tend to be more rules intensive or crunchy than other game systems. And you have game systems that are very rules light, like Index Card RPG, Battle Sauce, Viking Death Squad. And those are very much narratively driven. Even Fate falls into this category, the Fate Core engine. And so you have these rules light category, and then you have these really crunchy rules systems. Um, and if you kind of figure, if you look at Fantasy Age, it kind of rides the middle. In my opinion, it kind of rides the middle of it's, cr it's crunchier than those really rules light systems. But if you compare it to like D&D, Dungeons and Dragons, and you compare it to Pathfinder, first and second edition, it's very much less crunchy than those systems. So it kind of rides this kind of middle line. So if, if those rules light systems really don't meet your fancy because you guys want a bit more rules intensity, but some of those other game systems kind of like intimidate you for the amount of rules you have to learn, Fantasy Age may be the game for you. And like I said, Fantasy Age recently came out with a second edition. So is the second edition worth it or should you just go buy the first edition? So that's what we're here to find out. The other thing that we really kind of latched onto, and the one thing that really defines, in my opinion, really defines Fantasy Age, is the stunt system. 
And Fantasy Eats, for those who don't know, is a 3D6 system. Well, it's a D6 system. So you just all you need is D6s. There's no D20s. There's no D4s. There's no D12s. So one of the advantages of trying to teach someone Fantasy Age is all you need is these. Is you need two of the same color ones and one different color one. And we're going to get to get to why in just a second. But sometimes when you're trying to show someone a, a role-playing game, you give them a set of dice or you let them borrow a set of uh, polyhedral dice. They go, okay, roll a D5, uh, a D4 for me. Oh, what's a D4? It's the pyramid looking one. Oh, wait, I got to... And then, oh, roll a D12 for, for damage or for your hit points since you're playing a barbarian. What's the D12? Oh, it's that weird looking one. Oh, okay, okay. So even though that, that learning curve generally doesn't take too long, it's still sometimes some things that people might find intimidating. Like, I don't know what all those dice are. I just don't want to be involved. But everyone knows what D6s are. Everyone's played, you know, Monopoly or, or a variety of other games. that if They've seen someone roll D6. They've seen craps. They've seen someone roll a D6. They know what a D6 is. It's nothing that they're not going to be too shocked by. And given the fact that they don't really need to know too many rules, that this may be a better introduction into role-playing for them compared to other systems. So let's get back to that stunt system. What is stunts? So when you're rolling these dice, anytime you're rolling a check, I roll to attack somebody, or I'm having a conversation with an NPC, I'm trying to convince them to give me the information that I need, or I'm trying to cast some magic that requires a die roll. Uh, or maybe we're in an exploration moment and I'm we're, we're casing the castle to see if there's a secret entrance. You roll, anytime you're rolling a check, you roll 3d6. And you say, why does one of them have to be different? Well, when you roll these dice and you're going to add some numbers to it and they'll be on your character sheet. And the GM is going to have a target number. There's going to be a number you have to beat to determine whether you're successful or not. So when you roll your dice, you add them up and then you find out the result. Okay, so I rolled... Um, a 10 plus my skills plus two, I have a total of 12. Okay, what is then the DM goes, okay, the the difficulty was a 10. So you passed, great. And then whatever I was trying to do succeeds. But if any of those dice have the matching face, meaning I rolled two fours and a two, and that's a 10 plus my two for my skill, that's a 12. The fact that I rolled two fours means that if I'm successful, my action is going to include some sort of stunt. You can kind of determine this as critting in other systems or being uh, critically hitting or critically succeeding in other systems. So how, okay, so now I stunned. What happens and what does that mean? So depending on what you're doing, whether you're fighting, casting magic, having a social situation or interaction, or you're doing your exploration activities, We'll determine which stunt chart, and we're going to get into the stunt charts in a second, what stunt chart that you can pull from. So obviously, things in combat, if I'm fighting somebody, you know, versus having a conversation with somebody, I'm not going to have a conversation with somebody, and I go, okay, well, I stunted, I'm going to do a mighty blow during my conversation. That doesn't make any sense. So stunts are things, are exceptional things that you accomplish during your, your action that you went above and beyond because you did roll those you those doubles. And how many stun points? Now, each ability, each stunt ability has a number of points that it costs for you to accomplish it. So obviously the better ones cost more. So that different die, so we have two of the same, and we have this different die. Whatever value is on this die tells you how many stun points you get. 
So if I roll two fours on these dice and I roll the two on this one, that means I get two stun points. But if I roll the four and a four on these dice, that means I'm going to get I'm going to get four stun points. So it's whatever comes up on that that unusual die, the one that's different. Which is now you know why you need a different d d six. And the stunts can vary from in in combat from an extra die of damage to an extra attack or bonuses on your further turn, your next turn that you're so psyched up about about hitting and getting the advantage over your opponent that your next action in your next turn when you roll dice you're gonna get a boost, a plus die roll. So it's it you, the the list has pretty extensive amount of things you can do and those are available to every character and they're called general stunts. The interesting thing about second edition is they introduced the idea of different classes having their own special stunts that they're allowed to select as they level up. So this wasn't a thing in the first edition. So everyone had the same list of stunts. If you were casting magic, if you were having social situation, exploration, fighting, everyone had pulled from the same list. So eventually, things got a little samey. You, you know, people, certain characters figured out, oh, okay, well, this is the, what I want to do generally a lot of the time. And to be, to be expected, that's most games where players find the things they like to do, and they do that a lot. In this, as your characters level up, they, there used to be three classes. Now there's four. There's something else we're going to talk about. Yeah, there's the Mage, the Rogue, and the Warrior from 1st Edition, and there's a new class called the Envoy, the social character. That's going to be, that, that is introduced in 2nd Edition. And each one of these classes has their own list of stuns that they're allowed to pick from as they level up, for the most part, it's every other level. So it's every even level, I believe. Um, and they're allowed to pick stuns. And generally, the class-based stunts are better than the ones that you get as a generalist. Now, the generalist is available to everybody. Any class can attempt them. But the class-specific ones is really where this game starts to shine even more. I really did like the stun system before. Now I really like the stun system. Because even then... Two warriors, or two rogues, or two mages can pick wildly different stunts as their character, depending on what they want to accomplish during during combat or during spellcasting or during whatever. And yet again, these are going to be above and beyond the normal stunts that they can have access to. So in the moment, if it's better to pick this general stunt that fits the situation better versus my specific stunt that I just got depending on what you, like I said, depending on what you were trying to accomplish. That, I believe, elevates this game to a whole nother level. And the cool thing is, there are, I think, three levels. They're quite high up in, in level, depending on how high you want to play your game, that there are certain levels that you can pick stunts from other classes, which really gets into the idea of you're really building your own custom characters. One of the reasons why I love Pathfinder 2nd Edition over Dungeons & Dragons, this is not an Edition Wars thing, but it's just like for me, playing a character, I really like the fact that when I play this character and I make these decisions, the decisions matter and the decisions make me different. So I'm not just like every other warrior. I'm not just like every other rogue. That's my rogue. Those are my decisions. And this Fantasy Age really encompasses that concept as well. The fact that the stunt, your, your selection of stunts, your selection of talents, your selections of all the different things you're going to lead up to playing your character makes your character your own. 
and it's going to be completely different than that other rogue over there, that other warrior over there. The other major change from first to second edition Fantasy Age. First edition Fantasy Age, classes had specializations, which is something that you would got at fourth level. Once you hit fourth level, you would be able to pick your specialization for your class, which then further defines your class. Fourth edition seemed to be so far away. Now I understand their their mindset and of your first level character. You don't know what you want to do. By the time you get fourth level, you you understand like oh okay this is like I want to focus my character into like my rogue to be like the assassin character. I want to focus my warrior to be more of that berserker or that stalwart defender in full plate with a shield. All the I understand that I do like the fact that they changed the specializations to first level. Instead of fourth level. And they also added in specializations for your ancestries. So you can pick an ancestry specialization to further make sure, make defined your ancestry as your ancestry features start to become more pronounced. And you start leaning into ancestry and heraldistic talents and specializations that that like i said really for you further lean into your ancestry you for you really lean into your heritage and like you, part of your core of your character may come from the fact that you were a dwarf living in the mines or you were an elf or you were a lizard folk or a goblin or beastkin so they really widen out the potential specializations and talents in fantasy age now the way fantasy age talents or or class features work in this game is that each class feature basically each talent and there's a variety of talents that you can pick from for your class and and based on all the different factors and when you when you're allowed to pick things talents have three levels they have novice expert and master now they changed a little bit of wording for first and second edition actually really just clean things up because most people don't use journeyman in their normal language but people understand novice is the low end experts the middle end and masters the high end but they really widened out the possible specializations whether that's part of your class whether that's a specialization of your class whether that's a talent uh, or a specialization from your heraldry or ancestry they really made many more choices that your character can really expand into now, the other interesting thing with the magic system in Fantasy Age is similar to other systems we've seen before, like uh, Dragonbane. When you cast magic, it doesn't just happen like other games. Like, you don't just spend a spell slot and your magic just happens. You actually have to make a skill check. Same thing is rolling those 3d6. This is why you can stunt on magic. You roll your 3d6 and you can potentially try to cast your magic. Now, each spell has its own target number so some spells have a higher target number and some spells have a lower target number and they all have an inherent cost and you have a pool of points that you can spend as a as a magic user the cool thing is that the one the mechanic that they introduced in the the second edition is that you can actually push spells through the pushing mechanic is if you failed your roll, so you needed a, they say the target number was 15 and you rolled a 13, you still pay the full cost of whatever the spell is. Say this cost is six points. And then you pay an additional pushing cost for every point that you missed the target number. So in this case, it's two. So we rolled a 13, we needed a 15, we, we missed it by two, we have to add another cost on top of that of plus two. Uh, the other thing is because that you were kind of not successful, you had to really push the effort in through it into into the spell to push the spell through. 
even if you roll doubles, you don't generate stun points. You don't stunt on a pushed spell. If you choose to let the spell fail, you only have to pay half as many points as whatever the cost is. Rounding down, I believe. Oh, rounding up. Sorry. Fractions round up, apparently. Um, but, but yeah, so they really in gave the option for the spell. It really widened out the idea of the spellcaster to really like give that option of, do I really need to spend... Man, I missed by five. Like That's a lot of points. That's like a whole nother spell or two. Do I really want to put that many points in? But is this that important? Yes. And you go crazy. Or Because remember, once you're out of spell points, you're just the person with... You're kind of half a character without any spell points. You're just kind of like you go, you're running around. Maybe you have a weapon. Maybe you have, and you're obviously going to have other skills and other focuses. Um, but remember, your spellcasting is your main class feature. Uh, so... And the other thing that that was in first edition, but just to be a nice reminder, the amount of magic in this game, the magic isn't broken up like at other game systems where it's like, okay, you have arcane, divine, maybe primal, maybe some other, maybe like three or four different versions of magic. There are 19 different schools of magic and they each require their own skill to, for you to be proficient in. And they all have a variety of talents, which basically are spells in this case, uh, that you can pick from, albeit there's less spells in each school, but the schools are wildly different. And it's nice to have these spells where like, oh yeah, well I cast Arcane, and you cast Divine, and there's a lot of crossover between what we can do. No, there's clear delineations of like air magic versus fire magic versus, what are, what are some of the, let's look at all the different uh, talents here, here we go. Yeah, there's Beast Arcana, Cold Arcana, Enchantment Arcana, Mind Arcana, and Shadow, Wood Arcana, Summon Trees and Throw Them at People. I, I don't know what they can do, but you, but the, the variety here, Fate Arcana, you control the fates, which I believe is what I think I picked when we played this the first time. Uh, we actually let me manipulate die rolls from all the characters and let them succeed when they normally would fail. So yeah, the magic here is very unique. Uh, which is one of the one of the re things that I really enjoyed about the spellcasting system here, and, and even even playing, even seeing the other players play their characters and seeing the talents that they pay and how unique they are, that is one of the really reasons that I really enjoy the system. But is the second edition necessary? Does it add enough to warrant you buying the book again if you already have the first edition, or if you're if you're new to um, Fantasy Age, is this something that you should get into? with your um your group i think the the it's a resounding yes on both accounts if it was just a new class i'd be like Ugh. i mean don't roll the class is cool and it's the very much social character the envoy but i don't know if that would have been enough i also don't know if it would have been enough just to make the stunts different because obviously they had to retool every class to get them these stunts and then but then they also added specializations and they did more of them and they added specializations for your ancestry and they cleaned up some of the rules. So it wasn't that they even said in this in the foreword where they started off just making an update to the rules, almost like akin to like a 3.5 D&D where they were going to make an update to the base fantasy age rules and just come out with that. And then they lo started looking into more and more of it and they go, this is more than just a update because we are fundamentally changing how the classes work and how stunts function. 
because and that, not how stunts are. Stunts work the same way. If you roll doubles, you generate stun points. You spend those stun points on on stunts that you can do. But they're adding in a whole bunch of different stunts per each character class, and then letting you on certain levels pick other classes' stunts too. So they really had to go in and think and kind of retool these stunts as a whole to make make them unique and make them special. And I can't wait to get my hands on uh, even, even, whether I whether we run this or whether Jared runs this or I run this or I, I can't wait to see what all the characters and all the players can do. But on face value, I think that this is highly worth it. Yes, more of this. And yet again, you can also incorporate those other rule systems. Expand if you want to take your fake character, your, you know, your fake characters. You want to take your fantasy age characters and put them on the ship and put them in the space, and you can start introducing expanse stuff. You want to do weird time travel stuff and put them in the modern age. Put them in modern age versus a fantasy age. And your modern, your fantasy age characters teleport into the modern age characters. You want to throw Cthulhu monsters at them? You throw Cthulhu, Cthulhu monsters at them. So I really do like the concepts that are put forth in fantasy age but that's just one person's opinion uh, uh if you if you played fantasy age before first or second edition leave a comment down below and tell me what you thought about it if you thought i left something out else important about second edition also you can just drop a comment but this is steve from nothing rich and nothing game may all your die rolls be crits and may you always roll max damage see you later as my tablet goes to sleep again because it is tired